Main Beer Geeks, Hardball and Hops, episode Welcome to Maine Beer Geeks Hardball and Hops. This is our 63rd episode. We are the Maine Beer Geeks, Rich and Kevin. And today we are joined by Rob Todd, the founder of Allagash Brewing Company in Portland, Maine. And we are going to get to do what we love to do best, and that's taste beer. That's always a good thing. Rob, thank you for joining us again. Right, that happens to be what I love to do also. <laughs> uh, we have something in common. Fantastic. Yeah, so we've got a few beautiful beers here sitting in front of us. So before we get into this real quick, 63rd episode, we dedicated the last episode. This one's to you, Big Dog, because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a birthday episode, and you're here with the, the one person that you wanted to yes. have a birthday beer with. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so cheer, cheers to, to Rob. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Cheers. 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 And thank you, Geek. You're welcome. Happy birthday it is. So we've got the beer. Yes, the beer. The beer. I only have a little bit of the beer left. <laughs> well, fortunately, we have a little bit of extra there for you yeah. too. But, uh, so, this is it. This is this is the the beer that started it all. Yeah, when I when I started, I mean, I tried to keep it simple because I'd only been in the beer business a year at Otter Creek, and um, I knew that there was a tremendous amount of the business that I didn't know. So I just tried to keep it simple. Draft only, local Portland market only, no employees, and then just uh, one beer. And I just focused on this one beer for a year or so. And, I mean, I'm I, trying to think if I even know any other breweries that have gone that long just making one beer. Wow. Uh, and what, what year was this that you first started brewing white? 1995. Wow. So, yeah. 1995, you started brewing Allagash White. You had mentioned in a previous episode that it took a while for it to launch. Yep. This past year, 2021, at the Great American uh, uh, Beer Festival, you won an award again for this particular beer. The we, same beer that you brewed way back when. We were very honored. I mean, yeah, because this this beer uh, has, has won a number of medals, but it is, it's great 26, 27 years later to just still be winning medals for it. And the, the crew's real proud of it. They deserve it. They do an amazing job, like I said, focusing on quality and consistency. And yeah, we, we were very honored. We won a medal for the white and a medal for the triple and ended up winning brew, uh, Brewer of the Year. Brewery of the right. Year for your size. Uh, yeah, yeah, for the fifteen to 100,000 barrel a year size. So, so where did nice they... to get some good news these days. Yes, right? that, that's amazing. There's not a lot of it. Well, a lot of the magazines, like travel magazines and, you know, the New Yorker and all these places, you're always on the list of must-visit or must-try uh, breweries in the United States. So, you know, you're, you're always making us Mainers proud, so to speak. 
it's funny because I just I, I all this you know I've been doing this for 27 years all this stuff pops in my head and I remember when I started I put a sign up next to the door and said you know tours and tastings daily and my parents <laughs> came out one time this is in 95 96 and my mom looked at the sign and she goes you know what Rob no one is ever gonna come out here to this industrial <laughs> park to do a tour and she, she was right for a decade you know hardly anyone i mean no one was driving into industrial parks back then to pick beer up at a but brewery, now right wow now wow holy smokes i you mean need a, on normal a, times given, we'll get yeah. one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. people you yeah. know a year visiting this yep. site oh for sure so where did this where did this beer come from where did this recipe come from how did you come up with 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 that quintessential allagash white well i I mean, the beer itself comes from the 1400s, 1500s in uh, the Hoogarden area near, near Leuven in Belgium, just kind of uh, southeast of, of Brussels. So um, this is a beer with a very long, rich history. And I tried uh, a Belgian white beer. It happened to be Celis White at the time. Um, when I was working at Otter Creek and I was just fascinated by it. I mean, the first time I took a sip of it, um, I had the same reaction a lot of people had when they tried our beer back in the 90s, which is, you know, what's wrong with this stuff? You know, I never <laughs> had anything that looked or tasted or smelled like that. Um, but after a couple of these beers, I was just like blown away by how sessionable it was. And, you know, we talked about this, how complex it was and just a real interesting style of beer. I just became, I fell in love with the style. I was fascinated by the style. And I figured, I mentioned it was real important to me to give people a unique experience with, with beer, any beer that I released. And I looked at this style as an opportunity to do something that was real drinkable and sessionable, but like very unique and complex. Now, is it true way back in the day that uh, you would you would go into the Great Lost Bear and buy up a lot of it yourself? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, no, no one else was drinking it. <laughs> Someone had to drink it, right? <laughs> I love that part of your story. <laughs> well, you know, whenever I saw anyone, and I still do it to this day, if someone orders, you know, it's funny because I couldn't sell it. No one wanted it for 10 years, and... So back then, if I saw anyone drinking it, I'd buy them a beer. I got excited, you know, because there weren't right. many people doing it. Uh, and still to this day, if someone orders it, it like I don't take it for granted. It doesn't get old. I, That's you know, awesome. I, it, it, there was so it, it was so long that we just kind of ground it out. Uh, I still, I still, if someone orders the beer, I mean, I, I really, really appreciate it, and I don't take it for granted, and yeah. I'll buy the yeah. beer if it's not. You know, too much of a hassle for the for the ser serving staff. And now it's liquid gold. Is it by, is it by far your largest selling oh, beer? Yeah, yeah, eighty percent of our production. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yep. I didn't realize that. Holy yeah. smokes! Especially considering how many different beers you guys are currently brewing. Right? I mean, we in a. I mean, like I said, in our pilot system, we literally probably come up with over a hundred recipes a year. Wow. And if you include some of our most limited special releases here at the brewery, like the Fermain with Love series. Um, I mean, we we probably release fifty over fifty beers a year. I'm, I'm 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 fascinated because obviously what you brew is all centered around that style, that Belgian influence, 
and experimenting from there, but you've you've kind of resisted jumping on that hazy IPA. Some people call it a fad. I mean, it's here to stay. Bless my partner here. He, he's, 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 it's official yeah. style. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's a double As a, of 2017. He's, he's a double IPA guy through and through. But you've you've resisted that temptation, I guess. You know, I don't even. I don't feel like we're even that tempted to do it. Only because I mean, I think it just gets back to our, you know, my roots in the '90s where. I felt like there were a lot of people making great beers in these other styles. You know, why be just another brewer making one of those beers? We want to do something different. Right. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great hazy IPAs out there, and we feel like the world doesn't need another <laughs> one of them. One of them from us. Well, um, the thing is, so it would be, just, in my opinion, a lot of these are derivative. And have been influenced by you. Oh, without a doubt. For, for my personal taste in beer. I can see that. From an appearance standpoint. Right. This yeah. is the first beer that I looked at and went, wow, this is a hazy beer. And when <laughs> I tasted it, I'm like, I absolutely love this. But it allowed me in my own head to start exploring into, you know, the UFO, uh, Harpoon UFO, and then, you know, into... New England style IPAs, which I love them all. Well, that's why I was going to say, because you wouldn't have such a hard time with people saying, why does it look like this? Because that's the kind of trend that is now is every beer supposed to look like that. Yeah. It's supposed to be cloudy. Right. Well, yeah. You get a clear <laughs> beer now. Someone's like, why is this beer? Why can I see through my beer? What's wrong with it? Yeah, yeah. What an interesting experiment that would be if you yeah. walked in with a clear beer. It's like, yeah, hey, yeah. What, what is this? Yeah. Well, there's a great article actually on your website about how to pour the beer right that with with white i mean you you flip it upside down you swirl it a couple times then you pour it so that it looks like this when you do and doesn't look like this not only but that what you just held up that looks like that tastes pretty damn good oh it does (laughs) oh no it does the flavor is always there for me what i really really appreciate about the white is uh, you were mentioning in the previous episode about how you everything's ba- we're really well balanced. Like for me, the first time I ever tried your beer, I, I took a little smell of it, and I'm like, "What is that? I've never sm- I've smelled a beer like this before." You know, haven't been a, primarily a lager drinker. You know, and I'm, upon my first sip, I got a little hint of clove, and I went, "Oh my god, is that interesting?" And then, of course, you have the the coriander flavors and the orange peel and the citrusy. It's just a really nice balanced beer. A lot of flavors and aromas dancing around, and it gets yep. that from the yep. the traditional Belgian yeast strain, which is important. Yep, the coriander and orange peel. There's a secret spice in there, which we're I, not. I, I know I, we're I, not going to get I, that I, out I, of you. I've, heard, I've heard about that secret <laughs> spice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean that that like complexity and balance. It's a it's a it's a real important component to the beer and, and you know you mentioned the uh turn the turn the bottle upside down and make sure you agitate the yeast i was drinking white out of a 12 ounce can last night and i still i'll drink it right out of the can i can't even see the beer but i'm absolutely going to rouse the yeast because it, yeah. it's a big contributor oh, for sure to the absolutely. to the mouthfeel like the silky character of that beer adds maybe a touch of bitterness to it yeah uh, it's it's an um, it's an important flavor component for sure so we have a couple of other beers in front of us too, and 
one that that I really enjoyed uh, tasting for the first time um, was what you call foliage report uh, in a can, a 12-ounce can, but it's, it's your double. And I understand through the grapevine that this is another one of your recipes. It is. And when, when you said, uh, I, I think you, you said, uh, try, you know, trying this beer maybe for the first time. Or, right. And I was going to say, you may have had this beer before, actually. <laughs> it's a different it, name. It's the double, yeah. So we, I mean, we brewed the, I started brewing the double, and that's, um, you know, one of the, well, it's the second recipe I wrote. Um, when I was building the brewery, I brewed a, uh, a bunch of little test batches on a 10-gallon system. I think I brewed eight batches of white, three of double, one scotch ale just for fun, and a German heffy for fun. I love German heffies, and I love scotch ales. So I just kind of brewed those because I wanted to drink sure. a scotch ale and oh, a German well, heffy. Why not? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I've always, I've, you know, ever since I've been in the business, loved the, the doubles and the, just the tradition around um, the, the Abbey beers, the Trappist beers, um, you know, it's a beer that was complete. Whenever we had, we, whenever we add beers to our lineup, we really want it to be additive. We don't want it just to be the same beer with a different label. And, and for sure, especially at the time, I mean, this was, uh, the white was our light colored beer. The double was our dark colored beer and just a completely different, um, beer experience in general. We made that beer for, 23, 24 years, but you can only make so many beers. You know, there's only so many tap lines. There's only so much space on the right. shelf. Sure. And uh, we stopped making it maybe two or three years ago, but we've all, we all keep talking about it. Like, oh, we got to bring see? the double back. When are we going to do the double? You know? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know? I'm holding that question. You got to ask yeah. that question. <laughs> so, so we wanted to make it again. And, uh, I, I thought it was really cool to come up with, uh, you, you know, a more experiential name. I mean, right. really, unless you're a beer aficionado, what's a double? Right. I mean, people know what an IPA is. You yeah. know, people yeah. uh, know what a stout is. People don't know what a double is. Even, right. even still now, the Belgian styles are kind of like a, obscure styles. Uh, so foliage foliage report and, and i love the fact that it's back yeah it's, yeah me too I, I, really i'm glad cool. i i'm yeah. glad i had it because uh it's it's been enjoyable it really it definitely really has and so is there perhaps a future collaboration between west flatterin and uh allagash uh, hey i'm all in if, <laughs> if, one of the, if one of the monks in west flatterin is listening right now you know give me a call the number is five 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 i don't know if we'll ever get that asked but if we ever did i can assure you jason and i would be on the first plane even if we have to fly in the cargo and, compartment, and, and, we'll be, oh, that's please, awesome. please take us with you because we want to broadcast live when that happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, those those abbeys, those monasteries are yeah. just like unbelievable experience of visiting those. Uh, it really is. I've so been, is that part of the whole next thing for you? I mean, you've 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 built a a, a fantastic facility, employ a number of people. What, you know, kind of, what I, and I meant to ask this kind of in the next episode, but you mean, I wanted I to ask become that, a monk. Well, well, yeah, there's that opportunity. <laughs> I mean, they do make beer. Are you, are you um, in a long-winded way asking uh, what's next? Yeah, I am, but I just <laughs> I, I'm kind of because I I want to add like you know the, the you talk about the Belgian beers being 
unknown and and but so we you and you go to the like the lambic style and things like that is is that experimental phase what's next for you you know one of the what's next honestly is uh i I mentioned going into covid we were 70 percent draft i mean most people really had this experience, the Allagash experience with our beers in the bar and restaurant channel. Right. And it was so limited um, in other channels. You know, once you step outside of that restaurant and bar, it was real limited. I mean, we, you could only get the Allagash White in a four-pack of glass bottles. Right. So really what's next for us and what's really important to me is delivering this experience with the white to different occasions for people. You know, you can now get it in a four-pack 16-ounce, a 12-ounce 12-pack, a 19-2 can. And we're really just working on extending our reach for the Allagash White um, in these different, in other beers, like the North Sky, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, is a a fairly recent release. And, you know, even these beers like the Foliage Report in cans, um, we're really trying to deliver this Allagash experience that we're proud of to, to more and more to more and more occasions now. So, and I think there's a, a lot of growth opportunity for us, even in our existing footprint, as as we as we start to broaden our reach with that. Now, that being said, absolutely, just the experimentation and innovation has always been a huge part of our culture. If you go over into the uh, the part of the facility which is our original building. Um, where we're doing a lot of barrel aging beers and fruit beers, some on stainless, some on wood. Um, you know, people say like, how much of your volume is this? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's like 1% of our volume, but it's like 50% of our culture. Mm. So we're always going to be playing around with those beers. And we just did a cool ship beer last night. It's just going into Oak probably right now. But yeah, we filled the cool ship last night with a batch of spontaneously awesome. fermented beer. Wow. So we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep doing that stuff. Yeah. But you know, Great. one of our really big focuses now is just deliver this Allagash experience to occasions that, you know, people didn't have a package size available to mm-hmm. them in the white sure. for some of those, for a lot of those occasions. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about this one. This is interesting. It's a nice, beautiful golden ale. With a surprise when you take a sip. Yeah, <laughs> it's, un, it's definitely unexpected. You know, the biggest, so this is the Curio, it's, and we talked about that a little, the triple-aged in bourbon barrels. Mm. And, you know, if you were to put triple next to it and compare the two, you'd say right away, these are these are different beers. These are different animals. I mean, right. the oak totally transforms the beer. And uh, we only use the barrel one time, so just gets a big uh, oak character. The, the biggest character I get out of this is the coconut. Do you get that? Absolutely. In the nose, like big coconut yeah. character. And it's funny because if, or not if, when we age different styles of beer in those same barrels, the oak flavor will come through in different ways. So if we, had, if we age a different beer in the barrel, we might not get that coconut. Might get like a big vanilla character or sure. like more of a whiskey character. Um so it, you know, it really depends what beer you age in the barrel. But like I said, I, I really just assumed when we first got barrels, because I'd only had dark beer aged in oak barrels. I assumed we'd do a dark beer. But, you know, as you can see, this is, it's not a, it's not a, no, dark, not not a dark at beer all. at all. But it's a beer, the triple, it's a 9% beer. I mean, this is a big 
beer. It's a light colored beer, but this that's a uh, very like robust in a lot of ways. I mean, it's delicate in a lot of ways, but it's a nine percent beer, so there's a lot of backbone to it. So it holds up very well with some of those big uh, oak flavors, like the coconut and the vanilla, and like I said, uh, herbal like dill. Absolutely, mm. like a little bit of that yep. dill. But what's yep. really cool about this is that. One of the ways that you package this with the with the cork in the cage, when you're unwrapping this, you you know it's a special beer. It's an occasion. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you can get it in twelve ounce now <clears throat> too. Everyone kept begging for a twelve ounce bottle for this beer. And, I think uh, I have a twelve ounce bottle of this in the back of my beer fridge from three or four years ago. Still be drinking anyway, good. Is that well? I'm 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 holding on to it just to yeah. see what it's going to do over time, because um, we do that occasionally. Yes, just because yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of our podcasts will uh, will will dig deep into the into our into beer <laughs> cellars and and dig things up and say let's let's see how this is aged and and give it a try. Before we wrap up, Rob, I have been dying to ask you this question. Make it an easy one. Well, you, you talked about he's going to put focusing. the pressure on you. Yeah. You <laughs> talked about the resurrection of double yeah. as fall foliage. Well, one of my favorite beers from you that I discovered was a favorite beer on the first tour I ever took here. I always told myself, I guess I don't no. like. Yeah, give it a guess. Grand Cru. No. no. I always told myself that it's simpler than that. I do not like dark beer. And then I went on your tour with a, a couple of my very close friends. And when we get to the portion where they're pouring the dark beer, I hadn't planned on drinking mine because I, I said out loud, ah, I really don't like dark beer. And, and my buddy's wife said the same thing. But of course, being a main beer geek, I, I started sniffing it. And I'm like, I got to give it a sip. I took a sip of it and fell in love. It's your Allagash Black. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which I tried to get this summer. I brought my girlfriend down here, and we both wanted to try it, and, and we're told, oh, we're not pouring that right now. Well, we've got something close to it. We The Northern we Sky? The North Sky. We tweaked it. Yeah. And, you know, we're really moving more towards experiential names with a lot of the beers, like the exact right. example I gave <laughs> right, with the double. Right, like, right, people right. are like, what's a double, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, that's foliage report. And uh, with the black, and we did tweak that recipe. That it's it's the North Sky, and um, we made some changes that uh, you know I love with that beer. Yeah, and it is an amazing you know which, which we which we ended up having that day. Yeah, and yeah. you're right. It is it is a fantastic beer. My my hope is that sometime you'll because I, I took solace in reading your website that. It made it sound like nothing's really gone. It's just not here right now. <laughs> yeah. it, it may be resurrected at some point down the road. And you know, I've I've always just liked uh, the fact that you had white and you had black. Yeah, it you know? is. There's a nice simplicity to right, it, right? Exactly. Sure. Uh, and it's the, you know, it's always the case of a beer, you know air quote disappears it doesn't mean it's gone forever it might be because we're i mean we're very proud of everything that we've done and you know again that just the number of tap lines the amount of shelf space it's it's limited so we have to pick and choose and we get excited about a lot of the new things <laughs> right that right. we come up with and you know the reality is that sometimes has to squeeze something off the shelf sure. at least for at least for a for a time so to steal a line from the movie dumb and dumber 
one of my favorites. I love it. So you're Shane, saying there's a chance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well. Well, Rob, we, we know that you're uh, that you're short on time today, and we really appreciate uh, you taking Absolutely. the time to Thank sit with us much. on these last couple of episodes, and also to share your stories on the beer. We we absolutely love them, and uh, this has you know it's, it has, has been a been pleasure fantastic. to have you on. Yep, absolutely. Thank Thanks you. Thanks very much for having me. It was oh, fun. It was a our pleasure. Pleasure, and you're welcome back anytime. Absolutely. And we are going to take you up on that. <laughs> we definitely will. Rob Todd, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>